First Peter chapter number five. First Peter chapter number five, and we're going to begin reading in verses one through six. First Peter chapter number five. Verses one through six. The elders who are among you exhort I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Pray with me. Daddy, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you this morning. Father, I thank you for your word that is about to be dispensed this morning. May it come under the full power and authority of heaven. Father God, may I decrease and let the spirit of God in me increase that you might get the glory. That as I open my mouth, that Lord God, your people would hear your voice and not mine. Your thoughts and not my thoughts. Take my mind, take my heart. Use me, Father God, as a conduit today to espouse the wonderful word of God. We thank you, Lord. We posture our hearts to receive this morning the word of the living God that comes to bring change, to help us, encourage us, and empower us for everyday living until that time we see you face to face. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We are in the fourth part of our series, uh, Teamwork. And uh, just by way of review, in the first week, uh, we had talked about uh, the power of doing ministry as a team. The concept of team, we talked about the concept of team and how it works. Uh, the second week of our series, uh, we uh, discuss how that every member is a minister. How many of you have that, did that have an impact on? Every member is a minister. And so what we talked about in that particular sermon was that we're not just to be uh, sitters in the pew, but that God is equipping all of us for ministry and that your ministry is wherever God takes you uh, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked uh, last week about the need uh, that the team has for your individual gifts. And so I thought we did uh, a decent job with explaining to all of us that once you discover your gift and your calling and the thing that God has wired you to do, you really excel in life. And so we talked about the we talked about the, the power of understanding who you are, who God made you to be and begin to flow in that. And when we are ourselves, uh, you know, we're all the better for it. 
uh, people around us are better. And as I had echoed in that message, it is that God has made us originals. And so we don't need to try to be copies. Amen. We can be proud of who God made us to be. And so today I want to take, uh, I want to continue. This is part four of this series. And I want to talk about something that is extremely important as it relates to gifts. Now, as you know, we've been talking about the concept of team. For some of you who like sports, I am a sports junkie. I guess you can say that. Uh, I'm not really sure what all that means, but I really, really like sports. And so we have been drawing a lot of contrast with team. And, and, and one of the things that I don't want you to fall into is this thing that, that it's just all about just, just using your gift. Although that every position on the field is important, although we need your gift, and Lord knows we do, although the world needs you to step up and be who you are, we want to talk about the character behind that gift this morning. We want to talk about the character behind that gift. Because all of us are uniquely gifted with different gifts. But every one of us are supposed to operate our gifts within the context of Christ's character. Everybody say amen to that. So we want to talk about your character and the spirit behind your gift. Because let, 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 me, let, me, say, let me say this, a couple of things as it relates to this. Number one, the Bible says in Romans 8, 29, that God is, God's desire is to conform us to the image of Christ. All right. Now, I know that, that that may be somewhat of a shock to you, but what God is really after more than anything else is that he wants you to be like Christ, all right? That's, that's what his aim is. So we want to be conformed to his image. So then the more we are like Christ, the more likely we will have an impact for him. That makes sense? Y'all with me? Say, say something. So, so we want to be like Christ. So God's number one design, he predestined us to be like his son. So when we, we talk about spiritual maturity, the more we are like Christ, the more mature that we are. Let me say that again. The more we are like Christ, the more spiritually mature you are. Not how much you know, not even how much you do, but how much you are being conformed and transformed to the image of Christ. See? See, that's what God is after. And so as it relates to your gift, our gifts must function in a way that we glorify God. Now, let me take it a step further as we talk about this this morning. We must understand that, that if we're going to be people that are going to make an impact for Christ as we serve in our gifts, we must do it his way. Okay? We got to do it his way. Now, let me say something else to you. Just because you're flowing in your gifts... Just because you're doing the thing that you believe God called you to do doesn't necessarily mean that you will be blessed. Amen. All right. Now, I want to say that because we've been talking a lot about gifts and how, how important your position is on the team. But just because you're flowing in that does not mean that you're necessarily blessed if you're not doing it with the right heart, the right spirit and the right motives. Let me take this step further. See, God is the only boss that I know that will fire you and let you keep working. All right, let me, let me, take, let me take it a step further, because some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. How many of you remember Saul? Amen. Saul was king for about, what, 40, 40 years maybe? And he was only anointed for about two of them. 
God took his anointing off of Saul. Saul was gifted. Saul was still functioning. Saul was still having some impact. But guess what? God wasn't with him. And so that brother Saul was in torment. He was unhappy to the point that he ended up dying in a battle, never really understanding that it was about going after the heart of God. It's about going after the heart of God. And, 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 so, and so what we, what, what we want to do, what we must understand is that we want to be blessed and anointed in our gifting. Because here's what, I, here's what my fear is, that, that we can think that it's just all about the gift and not understand that, that God is looking at the heart. You follow what I'm saying? See, just because you can sing don't mean you're anointed. Just because you have a gift doesn't mean that God is sanctioning what you're doing. I've, I've, I've been in situations, I've seen people who are, I, I tell Sister April all the time, you know Sister April always say I don't have the great voice, but I told Sister April, it's more about your character and about your love, your passion, and your following after God than anything else. See, I'd rather have a person who have a heart after God than to have a person who got, who got crazy skills, but they're not walking with God. So we want our gifts to be in a place where God blesses what we do. That's the key. So, so, the, so the work that I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not just doing it. How many know the sin will undermine your character and your gifts? You can be gifted, but how many know we don't want people coming in, oh, man, I'm doing all of this, I'm doing all these wonderful things. How come I'm not being blessed? How many know that your lifestyle does say something? And you can undermine the character of the gift, and we can all be here functioning well, doing stuff gifted, but how come I'm not blessed? How come, how come we, then we got to start looking at some things. Are we walking with God? Are we being transformed to the character of Christ? Do we want the blessing of God, or do we want the blessing of man? Which one you want? Pick your pick. So I then want to be a person, and you want to be a person, that makes sure that whatever we do, the Bible says do all that we do for the glory of who? God. So that means that I must have a relationship with him and that I am accountable for how I live. So if I want my gift to be maximized, if I want the thing that I'm doing to really have an impact, I need to have God's blessing behind it. Are you tracking with me? I need to have the, okay, let me give you an example. Don't want to step on nobody. Okay, I'm trying to do this. I, I just got to go with the spirit. Y'all just stay with me, okay? So, so watch this. So, so say, for example, now I, as your spiritual leader, right? Let's say I'm your, I'm your pastor. If pastors say, like, we, have, we have a requirement for all those who are ministers, right? They minister on Sunday morning. We say, okay, well, you know, um, we, we want everybody to get here at 945 so we can pray. This is just so we can get prepared and, and fellowship together and hear what the spirit of God is saying. But if the attitude... Not saying we got any battle with these kind of attitudes. I don't believe we do. But if the attitude is, well, I can just come and I can just utilize my gift as long as I can do the work, I'm good. I don't need to be there. I can come and do my thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. God won't bless that. Why God won't bless that? Because God will never bless disobedience. Because God says obey, watch this. Uh, the, I mean, God says obey your leaders and obey those who are authority over you. Now watch this. This carries over into not only here in the house of God, but it carries over on the job where you are. You know, they can, see, the reason why people obey and do what their boss say because they want to get paid. But see, that ain't how it works in the kingdom. God wants to, us to obey him from the heart. 
You follow what I'm saying? So, so then I understand that, that if the Bible says, for example, obey those who have the rule over you and have authority over you. I mean, no, that's a principle that goes beyond here. It's, it's the way that we live our life as Christians. Because how I many know God will never, ever bless a disobedient and rebellious spirit? He's not going to do it. He ain't going to do it. If the attitude is, I just got my gift, I can just function. Your gift don't mean all that to God because he gave it to you. Amen. And God, if you're gifted in whatever you're gifted in, some of you got some mad skills, mad gifts, understand God gave that to you. Amen. But God wants to bless you. I want our church to not have an have a, have a outward appearance of being blessed, but I want us to really be blessed. So that when you do what you do, as you're serving in the thing that God called you to do, as you're operating, if you got a gift of music, as you're flowing in that, if you got a gift of administration, if you got a gift of problem solving, if you're into whatever it is that you're flowing in, you want to make sure that God's anointing is behind that. Because if God's anointing is behind it, you're going to have an impact. You're going to touch people's lives. I mean, you can do ministry and have no real impact. Because one of the things I always tell myself is that, yeah, I can, you know, and I listen to preachers say this all the time, and I, I don't even know it's the right thing to say. Man, I can come up with a word. I can just, you know, I can, I can come up with a word. I don't have to spend. And I'm thinking to, my time, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, and my, and my family will tell you, I spend an awful lot of time, not before I come up here, in prayer, because I know that if I don't, then I'm just a preacher pre saying words. And you may say, amen, pastor, but you will go out of here living the same old jacked up life. No change. So I know that change, see, y'all help me. Y'all ain't looking like, change comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want God to be in what we're doing. That's all I'm trying to say. We need you operating in your gifts. We want you to, how I many know, God wants you to prosper. God is on your side. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? So I know that God is for me. How I many know that sometimes we got to hear a word sometimes that challenges us, but don't run away from it. Just get up under it because you're about to be blessed. See? So it's just not about your gift. It's about the character and the spirit behind the gift, which will make the team Successful, as we said before, we are a team in this church. And our team has been assigned to wherever God has planted you. Whether it's on the battlefield and in, in Marine, uh, I don't know what you call your suits. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, whether you're in an office someplace, you know, whether you're a nurse someplace, whether you're in security, wherever God has you, how I many know you're still on the team? We're, just, we're here today as a team getting our directive so we know how to execute on the field of life. So these principles I'm going to give you this morning, watch this, they're not relegated just to where you are here today. Well, this is just how I do church. No, 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 no. The principles I'm giving you today are life-changing, all right? And they are to be applied in every situation because you're always a part of God's team. And you, and, and you are on assignment by God. We said that before, and I want you to get that into your spirit. You are on assignment by God. And so I'm going to give you some principles, nine of them. And we'll, I think we're going to put them up on the screen for you so we make it easier for you today. And I want you to listen to these principles and watch this. How me know that every now and then when God is transforming us, Every now and then, he's going to say something to us that we don't necessarily like. How many of you have read the Bible and been convicted? 
I do it all the time. It's like, Lord, okay. It's like, God thought I was done with that. Here I go again. Uh, you know, but, but that's God's love. God wants you to be blessed. God wants us to have a blessed team. I believe we're a blessed church. But see, we're going to take it to another level. We're going to be blessed for real. Amen? Amen. Everybody say for real. Amen. All right. The first principle. Number one. Are y'all ready for this? Amen. All right, man, amen. Are y'all ready? For, number one. The first thing that we need is humility. If you're on the team, how many know that we got to have humility? Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 5. Listen to this verse, this part of the verse. Now, this, is, this, this bothers me because it says to me that if I'm not walking with the right spirit, God could be resisting me. And I don't know about you, but I need God on my side. I, I don't know about you, but I got to know that my daddy is with me. Are you hearing me? Now, the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, God resists the proud. Right? Let's start right there for a moment. God says, watch this, if you're proud, I'm resisting you. Now, what is pride? Pride is, pride is, is haughty and an arrogant attitude. Haughty means blatantly disdainful and proud. Arrogant means showing an offensive attitude of superiority. God says that a person who walks like that, God says he resists. And so we need to understand that if we want to walk in the blessing of God, we got to be people that are humble. Amen. How many know that everything you got, God gave it to you? Yes. Your gifts, your talents, your good look, and yes, the car that you ride down the road in and you tilt to the side like you all that. <laughs> like this is my car. <laughs> How you know God gave it to you? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got the lean when you drive like you sheen. We used to call it in the country, I'm sheening. I have no idea what that meant, but, you know, just walking in pride. That's not realizing. How many know that the people who are prideful are people that are not teachable? You ever met somebody that you try to tell them something? I know that already. I know that. I'm gonna tell you, I know that. Hey, you know what? Lord just showed me. I know that too. Okay, I ain't got nothing to say to you then. How many know that God resists the proud? When we have an attitude of superiority that we're better than somebody else. How many know I got a dog at home that I absolutely love, princess. Y'all pray for her because she's having some problems. But I got a dog at home I love. And you know what? And God has taught me many a lesson. My dog has taught me many a lessons. That dog. How many know you should be able to learn from anybody? And, and, you know, I can sit under you. I can learn from you. I, I, we have our small group on Wednesday. I learn from everybody in that room. Amen. I sit there and I learn because I know if God has assigned me there, there's something for me to get. And, and wherever God has assigned me, I'm going to walk in humility. Wherever God has me, because I know that it is something that God requires. How do you know a person that is proud will wreck a team? A prideful attitude, an attitude of, I'm better than. How many know we're not better than nothing? Listen, I'm the pastor of this church, but that don't mean I'm over you or better than you. I am not. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not. I don't think that way. I have an assignment by God. That's about it. <laughs> but how many know we're in this thing together? We're in this thing together. 
And so our attitude of humility says, you know what? I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to flow in the spirit of, 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 of pride and arrogance because the Bible says in Luke, you can write this verse down, Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. You know why God hates pride so much? Because the whole world is in trouble today. You know all the problems we have in our government and across the country, across the world? It's, it goes back to one thing. Uh, it's pride. Pride, greed, and everything. It's a disconnect from God. And, and how many know that Satan is like, like he's a father of lies? He's a father of pride, too. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. I mean, God didn't even have no tolerance of God. Boom, get out of here. Prideful, you think, get out. God kicked him out of heaven. How many know we don't want none of that? So you need to humble yourself, amen? amen? Humble yourself and learn. Humble yourself and grow, amen? Number two, we need right thinking, all right? We need right thinking. How many know we need to think right? Yes. Some of us, if we're honest in life, how many know when, when you're, on a, when you're on, a, on, on a team or any sport, hallelujah, preach it, girl, preach. When you're on a team or, or any sport, uh, uh, how many know that it's important to think right? Some of us grew up in very negative environments. And we're always, and one of the things we have to battle is this negative way of thinking. And we talk about thinking positive. We're not saying think positive for positive sake. We're saying think God thoughts. Yes. See, think God thoughts. I was listening to, uh, I watched the Miami Heat and the, in, uh, I'm sorry, the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs. And anybody see that championship, that, that, that series? Anybody? Nobody sports in here? I got one, two, okay. All right. Well, in that game, they, had, they, they played a the best out of seven, for those of you who don't know, who are not sports enthusiasts like myself. They had a game, they, they played game six. They were playing the best out of seven. And San Antonio was up one game. And uh, I, think the, I think the score at that time, I think it was like three to two. And the San Antonio Spurs had like a five, six, seven point lead with like 30 seconds on the clock. And I'm sitting there watching this thing, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, I'm like, man, because I don't like LeBron James. I mean, I like him, but I don't like him, you know, sports-wise. You know, I don't know him. Y'all know Pastor Love, everybody. I don't like LeBron James. So, so, yeah, so anyway, it's just a sports thing, all right? And so I'm watching. I'm like, man, the Heat are going to go down the Heat. But, man, but it's like those dudes, all of a sudden, they just start kicking into another gear, and they begin to fight. And then with like no time left on the clock, Ray Allen hits a three-pointer. They make up the entire deficit, and they force the thing into overtime. And I'm like, you got to be. And I'm sitting there in disbelief. My wife said, get off the floor. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm scared. Like, I can't believe. I can't believe this happened. And, 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 and I told my wife, and, they, and, and, and Mammy, he went on to win that game. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I said, they just won the series in game six. Game seven was just a formality. Because in their mind, you know what they thought? We ain't going down. No matter what adversity comes my way, we're not going to quit. We're going to win. How many know that we need people to think like that in life? You can't come to a point in life that just because it gets hard that you start thinking bad thoughts and you want to quit. How many know that that ain't the way God made you to be? God, God listen, you got to think like a winner because you are. Look at, look at Numbers chapter 13. Run in Numbers chapter 13. Run in Numbers chapter 13. That's in the Old Testament for those who have your Bibles, for those who want to look at the screen. Moses, Moses was sending out the, the children of Israel to go into their land of promise. And God had promised Israel. He said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. 
I'm going to give you the land. How many know when God says he's going to give you something, just take it? <laughs> and God says it's yours, say, God, thank you. Take it. And so God says, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. He was talking to the nation of Israel at that time. And so Moses sent out 12 spies. So all of them came back to give a report after they spied out the land that God was about to give them. Now, two of those guys, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, we'll have time to read. You can go back and read the chapter. Joshua and Caleb said, watch this. They said, boy, we can take this. God has, God has given us this land. This is ours. We can do this. We're going to win. We're going to get what God has for us. But there were 10 of them. The other 10, they didn't think that way. The other 10 saw the giants. The other 10 saw, how many of you got some giants in your life? Oh, come on. How many of you got some giants? You better stare them giants down. See, the 10 of them, they looked at the giant. They said, oh, 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 oh we can't. <laughs> we can't do this. Wait a minute. Didn't God say, I, I know, but, they, but this big. You don't understand, Pastor Moses. That's a, that's a whole lot of giants there. They're huge. Now, I want you to look at Numbers chapter 13. Now, here's the report. So now, after the comeback, watch this. It says in verse number 31 in Numbers chapter 13, but the men who had gone up with him said, these are the 10. Everybody say faithless. They say this, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. How many know that when you got negative thinking, it can affect everything? I don't have no offense. I just don't. I mean, please don't get. I mean, I, I, I just don't like a lot of negativism. That's just me. If you start talking like you got no. I mean, I believe in God. I just believe God's word. And I believe God will come. I believe that even when I'm down, I'm not down. Come on, y'all hear me. You are never down. You are always on top with God. You cannot lose. Ultimately, if you walk with him, believe him, trust in him, you cannot lose. Yes, but you got to look at it from a different perspective. Now watch this. He says, verse 32, they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Watch this, verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Amnak. Watch this. And, came, and they came, who came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in whose sight? Did y'all see that? But then, look, don't, don't, hold on to that. See, they said we're like grasshoppers in our own. See, they looked at themselves as being too small. They looked at themselves. They looked down on themselves. We, I can't do this. I can't do this. Now, watch this. We were grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Did y'all catch that? How many know whatever you think about yourself, you project? Amen. And people will deal with you and process you based on how you think about yourself. If you think that you're a loser, if you think you can't win, if you think that you're not that, if you think negatively about yourself, how many know you're passing that along and watch this, and other people, what they will do, they will feed off of that and they will treat you based on the vibes that you're giving them. Amen. I'm telling you, you got to change the way you think. See, how I many know we need people on a team that think like a winner? Listen, I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but I'm a winner, and I'm coming, up, I'm, I'm coming through this. Yes. You got to believe that about life, no matter what you're going through. Yes. Don't have a grasshopper mentality. Yes. Too many of God's people got grasshopper mentalities. You need to understand that God has given you everything that you need. 
You got to understand it. You got to believe that. So you got to stop. Get rid of that stinking thinking. Look at the neighbor say, no stinking thinking. Change the way you think. Because when you change the way you think, you will change the way you live. Are you hearing me? All right. What's the next one? Right thinking. We just said number two. You guys are making me go to, okay, I got to make this faster. Number three, the heart of a servant. See, everybody got to see, these are qualities that you got to have. We got to have on the team, a heart of a servant. How many want to be great in God's kingdom? Come on, don't, come on. How many you want to be great? Let me see a show of hands. You say, man, I want to be great. I, here you go, here you go, right here. Here's you, here you go. Get down on your knees and be a servant of everybody. The way up in the kingdom is to serve. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus, who was the king of glory, said this. Watch this. He said, I did not come to be served. Jesus said that. He said, but I came to serve and to give my life <laughs> a ransom for many. Jesus said it another way. He said in Matthew 20, 25 through 36. And I'm going to read verse 26 for time's sake. And he says this. And you shall... Um, uh, well, actually, I got to read for continuity's sake. Let me just read the whole verse. But Jesus came, Jesus called them to himself. He said, now, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. But, but watch this. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great. I just saw everybody raise their hand. I want to be great. He said, let them be your servant. How many know when you're a servant, you, 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 you got the heart of God? See, a servant means that I do whatever it is that is needed to help the team. Amen? Amen. Every now and then, you might have to step out of your calling or your giftings. I'm not, you joked last week, I'm not gifted to slide the chairs and pick up the chairs. That's not my gift, Pastor Bailey. I'm gifted to do something. Well, really? <laughs> That's a heart issue. Ain't got nothing to do with your gift. Because God didn't say, he's gifted you, but he didn't, that, his gift did not just uh, ban you from doing anything else to help out. Amen. So watch this. So as a servant of God, then I serve wherever God needs me. Every now and then, all of us, you know, and we're going to have a staff meeting today, we'll talk about this. But all of us have to, every now and then, you, you will have to step out of your area of expertise in order to help the team. Amen. In order to accomplish something. But let me tell you something. Be a servant. And be known as a servant. Let people see you as a servant. Listen, I'll, buy, I'll, I'll do whatever. You know, when you, let me tell you something to shock your boss. Do something that nobody else want to do. Do that for me, okay? And come back and tell me how it worked for you. Do something that nobody else would want to do. Do that and then come back and get with me. Start doing that and I bet your boss will look at you. Let me tell you something. When you walk with the, with the spirit of a servant, God will elevate you. The Bible says, we said, we missed this part. The Bible said earlier to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that God may exalt you. How many know when God exalts you, no man can pull you down, baby? When God promotes you, look out. Look out. Everything got to get out of the way. Because whatever God sanctions or blessed, you can't mess with it. You can't, you, you can't curse what God has blessed. Amen? Can't do it. A solid character. Number four. I got to run real quick. A solid character. We were talking a lot about character, but, but understand something. How many of you have been listening to the news lately? How many of you heard about the guy Anthony Weiner? Nobody's heard about Anthony Weiner? How many of you have heard sports? How many of you have heard about this Hernandez guy that did the shooting? 
Now, here's, here's something about both of those folks. I want you to hear this. Now, for those of you who don't know, Anthony Weiner, number one, was supposed to be, like, pegged to be the next mayor of New York. No matter what your political persuasion is, that supposedly he was a very, very gifted guy. Passionate, great communicator, and all of that. I mean, the guy had some mad, mad skills politically. But he, but he had a little problem. He liked to show his privacy on the internet to strangers. Now, so here's what I'm saying. As gifted as he was, and as gifted as he is, his whole gift have been marginalized because of a serious character flaw. See, that's why it's not, that's why you gotta understand, it's not just about your gift, it's about your character. Amen. See that tight end from the New England Patriots, Hernandez? Great guy, great, I mean, I watched him like that, I was like, who that guy, where did he come from? This guy's incredible. But he's alleged to have shot a couple of people in the head. How many know he got some character problems? Amen. You, you see what I say when I say that you gotta have a, you have to have a solid character? It's about your character, not just about, now their gift, you don't get, we see them, we don't even think about their gift. No, their gift has nothing, they have nothing left now. You know why? Because it's been undermined. Anthony, we don't care if you were a great politician, man. What you did, people, because your character, see, character is so important. I want you, I want you to hear this. Over the, long time, over the long haul, if your character is not right, it will destroy your life. It will hurt you. It will harm you. If you got a problem with being faithful, if you got a problem with stealing, cheating, lying, hypocrisy, all of those things, let me tell you something that's a character flaw, and you can be gifted, but it will catch up with you sooner or later. Y'all hearing me? So you got to have a great character, amen? amen? I'm telling you, these are principles that you live by these. I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. Number five, what's number five? Number five, strong work ethic. The Bible says, do all you do for the glory of God. Amen. How many know we need to be, you need to have a strong work ethic? How many know Christians ought to be examples of people? How many of you have ever met people on the job? <laughs> That it seemed like their number one purpose in life is to get out of doing work. Everybody, you know, but people like that bug me. It's like for all the energy that you spent trying to get out of work, if you just do the thing, I mean, you know, you ever met people that all that all they do every time we turn around, they're trying to figure out a way to pass the buck. Now I know, I know, y'all sanctify holy people. Ain't none of y'all like that in here. You're holy people, right? Amen. You walk with God. The Bible, you know why? You, you, you don't do that because the Bible says, all, do all that you do for the glory of God. So I know first and foremost, I'm serving God. Even if I don't necessarily like my boss, you know God still called you to submit to your boss. Y'all don't, don't, don't want me to take you to the scripture. But, I don't have to, but in, look at 1 Peter. It talks about it. In 1 Peter, I believe chapter 3 or chapter 2, it talks about how that even your bosses who are unreasonable, he says you ought to obey them and submit to them as unto the Lord. And that whatever you do, you do it well. When you do a job, don't let it be named among you that you did something shabby. How I many know there's nothing that will bring blame to the gospel quicker than a person to do a shabby job? See, it, it, it has everything to do with, for me, it's, it's, a, character pro, it's a character issue because, because I want to be a person, and I mean, on, especially on a team, we need everybody to, to, to work hard. You need to put in the time, amen? 
You know, no football player, no basketball player, no soccer player, no baseball player. How many know that if they're going to be great at their craft, they got to work at it? You got to practice. You got to put in the hours. You got to put in the time. How many know preparation? Write, write this down. Preparation is the doorway to excellence. Let me say that again. Preparation is the doorway to excellence. See, I don't wait to how many know I don't wait to Sunday morning to get prepared to come to church on Sunday. I prepare ahead of time. Why I prepare? Because I want to make sure that I give God my best. Amen. I want to make sure that if I got a job, if the boss gives me a job because I'm part of this, this team of Christians, this, this team of people, I want to make sure that I do the best job. I want them to take note and say, who did who? Sister so-and-so did that, brother so-and-so did that. Uh, John did that. Uh, Mark did that. Well, how do you know? Because it's, it's done a certain, it has a certain character to it. It's done with excellence. Amen. Amen. So whatever you do, if, somebody, look, if you're going to do something, give it everything you got. Because you want God's blessing, right? Amen. So the team wins when you work hard at your craft. Amen. So you got gifts. Some of you right now, you got gifts that you're not even aware of. And you know it's inside of you. All you need is to sharpen that gift. You just need to sharpen it then here's what you do. You work at it. You work at it. You practice at it. You keep working. You keep growing. This is the place. You train. You get equipped. You, how many Christians got to have a good work ethic? Number six, you got to persevere. I'm not going to dwell on that one. Number six, you got to have a persevering spirit. The Bible says, therefore, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible is, is telling you right there? That it's going to be hard. <laughs> Jesus said it this way in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Is there anything pleasant about that? Jesus said, Jesus, the one you serve, your master, he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. I know Christians, we spend an awful lot of time trying to duck trouble. But how do you know it still finds you? Problems still happen, right? Challenges still come your way. But Jesus says, be of good cheer because I've overcome. So I understand if he says endure hardness of the good soldier of Jesus Christ, you know, if it, I mean, soldiers, all these soldiers we got in here, they will tell you when they're getting ready to go into a battle, they, they expect that they're going to have to face some opposition. Amen? Amen? You don't put on your battle fatigue and think I'm just going to chill out or think it's just going to be nice and sunny. Oh, no. You're, you're, you're looking, you're watching because I'm about to engage. And it's going to get hard. I may get wounded. How many get wounded sometimes? How many know in life you get wounded sometimes? You get shot sometimes. But you got to pick it up. You got to keep going. And that's where your teammates come into play. Where, you know, one of the problems I've seen with Christians sometimes, we're, we're the only organization sometimes to shoot, that, to shoot our wounded. Amen. Some of our Christian brothers and sisters get down, and sometimes we're the first one to jump up and say, oh, they're terrible. You shouldn't have done that. that. No, we don't, we don't shoot down our wounded. We, we, we patch up our wounded. And we help our wounded because we're in this thing together. If you're going to fall, I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to be there by your side to help you. So you got to have a persevering spirit. Don't quit. Just because it gets hard, don't quit. You hear me? Amen. Don't be a quitter. God did not make you a quitter. You are a kingdom winner. Do you hear me? Act like who you are. Amen? Amen. Be who God made you to be. Amen.
persevere. Yes, it's hard. I know the relationship is hard. Some of us got relational difference. I know it's hard, but endure it because on the other side is a blessing for you. Endure it. I wonder how many people have been on the brink of a breakthrough, but they quit and they gave up too soon. I think about the children of Israel. You know, when they came up against the Red Sea, that they were all sitting there crying when Pharaoh's army was behind their back. They were all screaming and yelling. Oh, we're going to die. You know, what, what if they just would have gave up and just went and surrendered to the enemy? They, if they, but, 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 but Moses said, keep moving. And when they kept moving, God opened the Red Sea. God opening. God made a way. Because they said, I don't, it don't look like I'm going to make it through this, but I'm going to take a step anyhow. If you don't know how to do anything else, here's what I want you to do. Do this. That's what you do every day. You may not understand what you're going through, how hard it gets, but take one foot, one step at a time. Just keep going. Keep walking. Keep walking. See, when you come to this church, all we're going to do is tell you keep walking. Amen? Amen. And if we need to walk alongside of you, walk along. And if we need to grab you a little bit and say, come on, you're going to make it. In Jesus' name. So we need to have a persevering spirit. Number, number, number seven, we need to submit to one another. We only got nine of these. We need to submit to one another. How many know we have to have mutual respect for each other? Not only to God's authority, but also God's delegated authority. How many know Christians ought not be rebellious people? We said earlier that God does not bless rebellion. I don't care. You can, you can split it 15 different ways. Well, you know, and I hear sometimes people say this. Well, you ain't God. Did you just get that revelation? Of course I'm not God. But God said, this is the way you do it. And if you don't do it the way God says do it, if you don't submit to authority, God won't bless you. You can walk around and say, well, I ain't got, who you think you are? God, I ain't going to do what you say. Well, you need to go back and read Romans chapter 13. You need to go back and read Hebrews chapter 10. You need to go back and read 1 Peter chapter 3 and 4. Well, God talks about obeying authority. Respecting authority, even if you don't agree with authority. He didn't say obey them if you agree with them. How many know that there are a lot of things that we don't all agree on? Amen. But how many know we are to submit to one another because God said it? And how many of you want God's blessing behind what you're doing? Just, just follow suit. Number, number eight, we're going to have a great team. Everybody got to communicate. The Bible says in James 5.16, confess your trespasses one to another. All right, so we got to confess to each other. How I many know sometimes people on the team are hurting and they don't say anything to anybody? What happened to brother or sister so-and-so? I don't know. And then you find out down the road. I see this all the time as a pastor. I see it and I talk. How can we stop coming to church? Well, um, such, and such and such did it. Well, did you talk to him? No. Well, I just, how, how, how are we going to be functioning as a, as a team and how are we going to really be able to be effective if we don't communicate? You know why marriages have number one problem with marriages is a lack of communication. Problems on your job a lot of time, a lack of communication. Problems in church is a lack of communication. You know, one of the things I love about you ever watch, you watch sports here. I'm again on this sports kick, this sports thing. But you watch football. Every now and then, you, you see those you see the defense guys, and you see them over there. They're, they're like um, they're yelling at each other right before the offense get ready to execute a play, and they're saying, "Watch over there! Watch number forty!" And, they, and they're, they're tapping each other. Get over there! Get over there! Like, what are they doing? They're constantly what communicating. Watch out! Watch your back! Look out! Look out! Get over here! Get, get you in the wrong. And I've seen them sometimes. I've seen one of the, uh, the the captain of the defense would grab one player and drag him over here. Get over here! What are we doing? 
Communicate. If you're hurting today, if you got some issues, how many know you need to talk about it? Don't hold your stuff, don't hold stuff in. You know if you hold it in, you know at some point it's, gonna, it's not gonna work out well for you. So we gotta, if we're gonna have a great team, we gotta communicate, we gotta let each other know what we're doing. We gotta communicate well. And then to my last point, you gotta be able to receive criticism, instructive criticism. Or, I'm sorry, constructive. Is it constructive criticism? How many of you like to be criticized? <laughs> you know, sometimes in life, God is going to correct us. and He's going to criticize us. And sometimes, sometimes we can be so sensitive that somebody come and tell us something we're doing, we're not doing right. Sometimes people get so mad, they get so sensitive, they get upset, and they just quit. And they're, oh, you, you, talk about. How, many know, how many know in the kingdom you can't be thin-skinned like that? You have to have a little bit of skin. Now, 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 we have to be gentle sometimes in how we present. But how many know that we have to be, if we're going to be an effective team, you got to be able to receive criticism. So if somebody call you on something, don't just act, and you, and you know, especially if you know God has dialed your number, don't get mad. Just say, you, you're right, you're right, you're right. I need to do this. I've seen people try to justify. You know how people sometimes they get in their thing? They get hunkered down. They're like, I ain't, I, I, no, no, I'm going to hold on to this one. No, no, no. Don't want no, I, no, I, no. I know, I'm, no, I'm not. Don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Have an attitude that says this. Watch this. If somebody come and give you some constructive criticism, hey, you need to change this. This is not good. This is the problem. Don't fight. Say, you know what? I do. <laughs> I do. You're right. You're right. I, I do need to change that. Matter of fact, can you come and pray with me? Because I need to change. How many know we have a lot of that going on in the body? We'll be a whole lot better for it. Amen. All right? So these are the principles. Number one, y'all say it with me. Humility. Number two. Right there. Come on, say it nice and loud. Let's try it again. Number one. Humility. Number two. Right. Number three. Right. Number four. Right. Number five. Right. Number six. Right. Number seven. Right. Number eight. Right. And number nine. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed.